What's going on, Society members? Welcome to another episode of the Underground Society Podcast, a show that helps you achieve your goals in the EDM industry. I'm your host, Justin McGarry, and I invite you to join me in discovering the challenges that the professional industry had to overcome in order to get to where they are today. A wise man once told me consistency isn't going to be the sole reason why you succeed. However, not being consistent will be the reason why you fail. But how do you create habits and routines in order to stay consistent? Well, on today's episode, we have Rohan, who is a drum and bass producer all the way from the United Kingdom, who's released records with Circus, Space Yacht, and UKF, and continues to tour successfully on a global scale. He's here to explain to us how he's created his own consistency and also break down his unique version of the three pillars of success in order to remain consistent within his own music career so that you can apply the same principles to your own music project. I hope you're ready for this one. Let's get started. Underground Society Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Era of EDM a lifestyle brand inspired by electronic music. Based out of Northern California, they are proud to announce their magazine will be available free via print and digital come April 2022. And on top of that, they're working on bringing some of the biggest acts to their local market. Check them out on eraofedm.com to see all they're doing and stay in the know. So you've been doing this music thing for a while. Did you did you think that you would end up where you are today with all the accomplishments that you've achieved so far? Yeah. So it's funny because I, I, I talk about this quite a lot, like with my partner, my housemate, mm-hmm. and some other friends in the industry. And I don't know. I've never. I've always known I was going to get to this point, and that's because from an early age I realized as long as you stay consistent at something, right. you're probably going to get somewhere with it. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm going to be the world's biggest Grammy winner, ever, all this stuff. It is, it, it's not that, but yeah. it means I'm probably going to get somewhere. Yeah. Shoot so for the stars I, and you might hit the moon, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've never doubted and that I was going to get somewhere because with each release and with each little accomplishment, I'm like, well, this is something I once dreamed of and now I have it. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between that and doing a world tour? You know, it's just time. And right. I, just need to, I just need to keep up with what I'm doing. Um, so I've never doubted that. And I've got a few other friends that are the same. They've never doubted they'll get somewhere. It's just the hardship yeah. and the time and the self-doubt and everything combining within that, in between that time, yes. that comes along with it, basically. Um, but yeah, ne- never doubted it, really. That's awesome. Um, when you did find out like that you wanted to do music for a career, how old were you during that time? When did, you, so when did that finally like officially click for you? Yeah, it's funny. So, I was, so I'm 26 now okay. and I was 16 when I wanted to do that. It's because mm-hmm. at the time I was in the RAF cadets here in the UK. What is that? I'm not sure what that is. So it's the Royal Air Force. Oh, okay. Got you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I was training, I was shooting and I also wanted to be a pilot. So I okay. was the best marksman on site because I was in the York barracks and we had a, well, we, on the York site, we had a barracks. So we actually were able to shoot on right, site. Right. Um, and I was doing that with my friends and I wanted to be a pilot, but then obviously I was going to have to get laser eye surgery and all this stuff. Yeah. And then as I was growing up, I didn't really want to be in the military. I was like, this doesn't really align with who I am as an individual. Now I'm becoming my yeah. individual. So I went to a Skrillex show. It was Skrillex and Flux Pavilion on his Dude, first month. It's, it's literally every interview I do, everyone's like, it's yeah. Skrillex, it's Skrillex, it's Skrillex. Every, everything is like, it's crazy how big of an impact Skrillex has had on almost literally anyone that I talk to. Like this whole industry is, yeah, it's nuts. (laughs) Like he is the modern day prodigy. Yep. And yeah, it is wild. And he's obviously got his comeuppance now. Like I was talking to, uh, well, 
I was um, Skylark came to mind recently. He was hanging out with Noisier. Yep, yep. And he, heard, he heard a passing conversation, and they were saying Skrillex has fuck off money now. <laughs> the term fuck off money is literally it's, it's infinite. Yep. So all year round, he's just go. He just does literally what he wants. Yep. Which is wild, but yeah. So I went to go see that show, um, and afterwards I said to my mum, "I'm like, look, I'm quitting RAF. I want to do this." And my mum's rule has always been, "Give it a month." And if you feel the same way in a month, as long as it's not something m- totally mental, she'll respect the decision. Absolutely, yep. So after a month, which I think is great, and I try and live by that. Yeah. Um, after a month, I felt the same. So she was like, right, hand in your uniform. So I handed in my uniform at Air Cadets um, and pursued this. What is that process like? Because I know like for like, at least America, we have to, um, it's almost like a contract. So you get like a, like a four-year term or whatever if you're, if you're in the military. How, how does that work? Because you're from London, right? Uh, so I'm from York. Okay. Okay. It, that's actually the old capital of the UK. It used oh, to be. Wow. Yeah. I, I need to be more educated, man. <laughs> uh, I, I only know that because I live from there. If I wasn't from there, Joe, I would yeah, have a clue. Yeah. Uh, turning in your uniform, though, were you like on some sort of a contract or like how did that work? They were you just able to quit? It was different because I was in cadets. So I wasn't actually in the. Oh, area. gotcha. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. I wasn't like fully. That yeah, makes sense. <laughs> I, I wasn't, it wasn't a job yet. I was in the cadets part of it. And I was in it for. A year and a, a year and a half, two years. Okay, um, but it's like my mum's side of the family were mainly military anyway. That's usually what happens. Like it's like yeah. that's just what my family did. It's kind of what I know where I'm from. So yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, once you did become a musician, though, like once you did take that leap, did you start with electronic music like off the bat, or were you doing? Were you like playing instruments? What what was kind of your early phases of becoming a musician? Yeah, man. So I was. Originally, I had FL Studio. I got a laptop for my birthday, and I got FL Studio. Um, and I was making more big room kind of just okay. house stuff, just because it was a kick. I go in the yeah, there's more on the floor, yeah. Me to get used to it, I was using loads of samples and and try, trying to make dubstep. But I didn't even know what bass or sound design <laughs> was. I didn't know anything. Um, so then I tried to learn guitar. I quit that. Nice. I tried to learn piano. I quit that. Because I was like, I don't want to do any of this. I just yeah. want to make music that I saw him playing. That yep. was that was it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then I studied it at school. The teachers were very old school, so they didn't really cater for us wanting to do. I feel like that people still don't like. There's specialized schools now for electronic music, but like in traditional schools, like hmm? they don't even barely even talk about it. <laughs> no, literally that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Funny. So I, I live here with my girlfriend and one of my best friends. Um, and it was actually me and him back in school when we were 16 that were studying the same course. Um, so we kind of went through a similar thing. Right. Just you know, the teachers just didn't cater. Yeah, no. <laughs> I ended up finding this place in Manchester where I live now. Um, and they were, they, they were literally called MIDI School. And it was all about like electronic music. They call School of Electronic Music now. Um, yeah, and I moved to Manchester when I was 18. So I dropped out of that okay. school and study here. And they was how far is Manchester from York where you grew up? Like an hour and a like an hour and a half. Yeah, it literally goes across the UK. So if this is the UK, York. Gotcha. Here, yeah, let's say gotcha. That gotcha. Way. What were some of your interests like before you got into music? So obviously, like, were you passionate? Did you have any other passions before? I saw that you were kind of you were, grew up kind of into sports. You were into bike racing stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. So I guess because we grew up in the countryside, and like our, a few of our friends, had, like their parents had farms. Mm-hmm. 
and stuff. So we were able to have like a very outdoorsy childhood, which I'm like that's extremely awesome. grateful for. I grew up on a farm as well, so that's awesome. Oh, <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah, just having that freedom to even something as simple as just having a walk. Yep. And then going because there's woods everywhere. Yep. So we go and like we'd go like I don't know, chop a little tree down and make <laughs> or make a tree house. Like we'd make tree houses or we'd have fires, and just that freedom to do that with your friends was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm very grateful for that, especially now that I live in a city, I see the contrast. Um, yeah, just very outdoorsy. We were always trying to do stuff like um, we used to listen to the Glitch Mob a lot. Oh, yeah. Love that. Their tracks used to be used on the GoPro advert. Oh, yeah. Back in the day, we could yeah. make the world stop. So that was like our kind of, that was like the spine of what we did. We'd watch that advert, it'd get us psyched up, we'd go find a hill, we'd go down it on rollerblades. And nice. Stuff like that, you know? So, That's awesome. Yeah. How long were you producing before would you say that you started to really gain traction? Because you've been at it for about 10 years now, right? 26, 16. Yeah. How long did it take you to start seeing results and start being comfortable saying like, okay, like I'm actually doing something here. Mm. Yeah, I guess. So I was, I'd been making music. I remember between 16 and 18, I've been making music and some of my friends were like, you need to release it. Oh, you are releasing music. Okay. Yeah, I was like, no, I just, I want to get to Manchester first. I want to learn more, then release music. I think I was about 19, 20, so maybe okay. six years ago. I start, And then I'd release on smaller collectives, like, um, I don't know if you've heard of them, but Future Collective. Mm, I don't think I have. They're based in Oregon. Um, it was more like EDM, left field, kind of bass, wook style music. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but making it here in the UK, there was... No way different doing it. yeah no one's doing that yeah. <laughs> well there was or even if they were doing it there was no crowd for it in the uk but there was in the right. us yeah i was releasing all my music in the us and i basically just built up on little smaller labels so future collective this the other one called crown collective which mm-hmm. isn't around anymore and just some other labels as i built up and then eventually i then get the release on stuff like quality goods which is okay yeah yep. you know, i'm starting to get a bit more traction um yeah and then what actually changed me to go to drum and bass was i just wasn't getting any shows in the uk because i was uh, making lo-fi music i got i had like two or three lo-fi songs that did really well uh on spotify and we got like a um, you know lowly palace yep uh, so i did the first ever music video for them like ever. oh cool and again that was a lo-fi song but the thing uh-huh. is that's just not going to get me shows and it shows that in the long run are going to help yeah. me build a financial stability and right. career and everything so is there anyone in lo- i'm trying to think is there anyone in lo-fi that's like actually made a successful career oh yeah but it's mainly from streams and stuff like yeah yeah and stuff um they're making a lot of money like yeah. a lot yeah like <laughs> but in terms of shows i guess i'm not really in the scene anymore but yeah. I, a, good, a good example maybe is laxity oh yeah yep because he doesn't just do lo-fi. Right, he right. He a wide range, but predominantly his sound kind of sits in that. Stems from that, yeah. 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 So yeah, there is people doing doing bits. Interesting. Um, so then once you switch over to drum and bass, then you got originally, in 2018, I saw that you got signed to Circus, or you did some work with Circus. Was that like yeah. kind of your first big label that you I think it was. worked with? Yeah, because that was with Duke and Jones. So Duke and Jones have been I friends I love with them. Now. I love them. Their music yeah, is so right. good. <laughs> like they live not far. Um, oh, cool. That's how we originally met because when I went to, because we'd go to ADE every year, yeah. Amsterdam dance event, and we ended up just going with each other every year. 
Um, and we, we became really, really close friends. Um, and I've seen them go from producing in their bedroom to now having a penthouse suite. Ah, sick. So <laughs> that's a cool, like they're, cool they're growth as well. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. They've got, like Luke was in his because there's two of them. One went off to uni, and the other one, Luke, just stayed in his like childhood bedroom until he was like 22. Which I, well, which I, which loads of us do. Right, right, in, like, right. Specifically, there just doing like just like making beats and it. And it how, how, how old is he now? I think he's my age, twenty six. Okay. Oh, no, so no, twenty four. Then he would have been. I think it was two years ago that they moved out. Wow, just in the last couple of years they've. Mm. Lease and that's awesome. like, it, it becomes exponential yeah. and that's where I am right now it's kind of been doing this and I'm like I'm about here right now just yep. before I'm gonna, um, go but yeah that was really cool we did the collab that got signed to there that was my first like yo like I used to be a, an ambassador for these guys I used to put stickers yeah. on for them and stuff um, so that was really cool and then we did one for Deadbeats which was another okay. collab yep. and then we had another sick tune but and I, understandable, it was. We decided not to release it in the end because three collabs kind of becomes a thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. And we were both in very different stages of our career, and I also was kind of going through a transition with my sound, so that one didn't get released. Yeah. Um. But then I got. Yeah, I just had to change it up because like, I'm not getting bookings. I need to make a decision here, or I'm just going to be stuck in a plateau. Yeah. So I sent my music to a label called Unchained Asia. Okay, I haven't heard of them, but yeah. Yeah, they're really cool. They're based out in Shenzhen. Okay. And the only reason I heard of them was I was looking at what other friends had released. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends had released Unchained Asia. It looked like they had a smaller bar of entry. So I sent them music. They, they, I only wanted to give them one tune. They rung me back and they were like, we want all three of them. If I know it's four tunes, because there was one edit version, they were like, we want all four of them. Damn. And I was like, mm, yeah. I don't really want to do it. And he was like, well, how can we gain your trust? And I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And he was like, right, we'll give you a show. If you send us the EP and you let us sign it, we'll give you a show. And I was like, that's exactly what I want. So <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I'm working for. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, the tracks are yours. They took them, they booked me for a show in London. Um, I go down to London. Uh, there was like some other artists on there. They were all drum and bass mainly. And there's okay. a guy called Subiao on there who did more of a halftime mm-hmm. sort of set. Um, and I, no one knew how I was. Obviously, I'm just this fucking new guy. <laughs> I was talking to people, got friends with people in the crowd, and then eventually, like, oh, I was like, yeah, I'm playing. They're like, oh, excited to see you, sir. And they let me close out the night. And I started off, I was so excited. I had this track from Eunice. I dropped it, and everyone just went for a cigarette. Oh, man. Because it was halftime, and they wanted drum and bass. Right. And then when my set, because my set naturally progressed to drum and bass anyway, Everyone went mental, and it was just the most euphoric set I'd ever done. It That's was my cool. first time of experience. I've done been playing house parties since I was like 16, 15. Mm-hmm. So, you already um, had experience like reading the crowd then? Yeah, because yeah. yeah, that's how it started. Like, yeah. when my mum got me, she had like a really, really small pot of money for when I got to the age to do driving lessons, she was going to help me out, right? Um, but I spent it all on speakers, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, me and my friends, we just go around to people's kitchens and throw house parties, basically, nice. which is great. In exchange, I feel, like we, like, I feel like when you have a passion for music, it's like, that. I mean, I used to do that. I used to throw parties, like just house parties and stuff. Like that's kind of just mm. like, it's like eventually, like your sights are set on like, eventually, like I want to get to this certain point, but like, what can we do now? Throwing house mm. parties with your friends, such good times. I miss mm. those times. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. I definitely want to loop it back to that in some way at some point somehow like throwing actual events in houses could yeah. be crazy man right 
Who were some of your early drum and bass inspirations? Who were some of the guys that you were looking up to as you began making it? Mainly, well, because my mum was, my mum's heavily into electronic music as well. So she got me into like Prodigy and Pendulum. Okay, yep. Um, yeah, because so it's pretty big in the UK, huh? Yeah. It, drum and bass is like huge in the UK. They, mm. they play it on like normal radio, right? Yeah, it's like like main time radio. Yeah, yep. which is definitely the exact opposite in the States. Yeah, <laughs> Even yeah. people like, who are into EDM, like it's starting to gain some traction finally in the last couple of years, but like it's still yeah. like an under super underground genre. Mm. Yeah. Which is good though, because it's allowing people like myself, Imanu, and yeah, it's allowing us time to then work, get our visas, and get over there. So we're yeah. the ones putting it properly. Yeah. As, along with all the, to be fair, I say that you've got people like Justin Hawks, and he was on my Kamal. show earlier this year. <laughs> nice, oh, Justin. Yeah, cool guy. So yeah, they're, they're they're doing awesome. So more recently with the pandemic, um, you've been making. You said in the last couple of years, especially, you've been making some serious moves. Um, Something that you wanted to talk about a little bit was your Patreon. Um, you have a podcast mm. of your own um, mm. and you have the Patreon. What else do you have on your Patreon other than the, the podcast? I know that's the primary thing. Yeah, well, I guess the, so the main purpose of the Patreon, there's like two pillars I have on it. Okay. Um, the first pillar is to be able to, because when I was early on in my career, I had a business tutor from the place that I was studying. He was like yep. a business guy, but I kind of... we. I just kept asking him questions outside of school time and all that sort of stuff. And he really helped. Um, I want to do that for other people now because without him as a mentor, I wouldn't have necessarily had the right tools. So early on to be able to yeah. get to where I am now. So I'm trying to teach people those tools, trying to show them how they can get from where they are now to where they want to yeah. be in the career. And then all the realistic uh, little goalposts in between yeah. that, breaking it down because it can be so daunting. Extremely daunting. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, okay, I release music and I've got to post about it, but what else? Yeah. You know, so, and just teaching about the business aspect, contracts, yeah. um, everything like that. I also teach productions to so showing people okay. like, my workflow and if there's any little secrets, nooks and crannies that they want to learn. Do you mainly uh, teach just drum and bass or do you teach other genres as well? Yes, it's all genres, and I, I do okay. need to. Just, I, I need to put that on there because a few people have asked that. Yeah, um, but it's any genre because I've made. So you, yeah, from lo-fi to like indie. You know? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's all genres. Like I've had um, one of my guys that I was doing business tuition with. Um, he was doing lo-fi, and he's been picked up by Universal now. Ah, cool. So Very there's cool. Like, that's a big. That's a big step. In. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, but then, yeah, then the other pillar is to hopefully become self-sustained just off uh, Patreon. That's smart. That's smart. Um, and so then the rest, I'm, I'm full-time music now anyway, but if yeah. I can just be there with Patreon, the rest is bonus. Yep. And you have some financial security at that point too, a little bit more, because yeah. if things like the pandemic happen ever again, you're chilling because you, exactly. you have the income off that, your main income yeah. off that, and you can, regardless right. if there's a pandemic or not, <laughs> you can still make money. I feel like a lot of people switched into and created Patreons during that time. Mm. Um, was that, did that influence you at all when creating your Patreon or? Well, luckily at the start of lockdown, I finessed a job as marketing manager where I used to study. Ah, okay. I'd never marketed anything except for my own music. Yep. So I just went in with like my head high, just I made this whole spiel up. I stooged a job that didn't even really exist at the time for them. Fake until you um, make it, man. <laughs> yeah, literally. And I worked my way up to becoming marketing manager. And the guy that was my manager, I ended up being his manager. Um, That's so, yeah, crazy. <laughs> and then I worked there for literally the whole of the pandemic. And then December just gone, I became full-time music. Nice. Awesome. 
Awesome. And create the Patreon, man. So I want to talk, go back to talking about consistency. Mm. And I know that's like a big key to um, something that you, you, you attest to being successful mm. in what you've been doing. Um, what does creating consistency mean to you and how have you done it in your own life, in your own career? Yeah, no, it's interesting, man. Um, I guess the first and foremost, it has to work for you, like for the individual. Because I've found I've got friends that post like every day and I've got friends yeah. that post once a month. Right. So first and foremost, I had to work out what worked for me. And what works for me is I, cite, I use Instagram as an example to say if I start with social media, I use Instagram as the spine and the um, sort of notebook of what is that I'm doing and my achievements. Mm-hmm. So I'll only really post in there when I've either got an achievement or uh, okay. viewed like a, a photo dump of like life stuff, you know? Right, right. Like a personal diary. Well, because that's, that's important for to build a brand too. People get to know you. People, you know, that's exactly. that's an important piece of it. <laughs> exactly, and I I have to make it work for me because this is something that I want to do until I right. die. Yeah. So if it doesn't work for me, I'm not going to be able to do it in the yeah, long run. Yeah. If you're not able to be yourself online and build that into your brand, yeah, it's not going to be a long term. <laughs> exactly. Because if we were sat here now and I had like a shoe company, and I was like, yep. look, I want to call it Nike. Say if Nike mm-hmm. didn't. Exist, yeah, uh, and it'd be pretty. It'd be an obvious conversation. You'd be like, right, start taking pictures of the shoe. People are wearing it. How you make it and stuff. It's no different for your music. Yep. But people get caught up in that because they're like, I just want to make music for the love of it because of all this. It's like, well, so do I, and so do all of us. And you still can. Yeah. It's just a matter of having that other bolt on of just spending a little bit of time, five ten minutes, twice a week. Yep. Let's say half an hour a week. Just do that for your socials and then forget about it. You know, um, and like, say if I'm on public transport, I'll jot it down in notes. Uh, yeah, dude. So yeah. No, the notes app. When I was younger, I was like, I don't know what to do with this notes app. What am I going to take notes on? Now my notes app is just like filled with stuff that I have yeah. to remember. Like, it's like utilize the tools that you have, like literally at your fingertips. Um, mm-hmm. so, something that I saw that was cool too, that you do with your Instagram is your, uh, your Rohan's record box. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you, yeah. those are all reels, right? Yeah. So when Real started came and coming out, that's kind of when you started developing that. What kind of yeah. gave you like the idea to do that? What what was kind of your game plan with that? It was it was a conversation between me and my manager, and we were looking because I was doing track breakdowns, but it just take too long. I had an old laptop that like you could hear the fan in the video of my laptop, mm-hmm. and it was just it was too much work for too little return. So we kind of rethought about it, and yeah, came up with Rohan's record box. Um, Such a cool idea. I, it's just so easy to do. I, I need to post the next one. I've just been so busy the past few weeks. Um, yeah, so I'm posting the next one soon, but it's just so easy to make. I just choose five tracks. Yeah. I tap the artist in it, and the way I angle it is I put my homies' music in it, my release music, and then I usually put an artist that I want to get on their radar's music in it Ah. Um, just to get people's attention, you know? Right, yep. And Super it works. You've got to be consistent with it again. And like my first ones were getting like anywhere between five to eight thousand views. Now I'm getting like thirteen thousand views. Wow! So yeah, it's a slow burner. Uh, and then from there, I've done one for Vision Records. I've done two for UKF now. Uh, when did yeah. UK? When did UKF kind of? When did you start working with them? How so, because they're like the the big dogs of drum and bass yeah. and bass music. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, that came about, I was, I followed the, most of the people that work there anyway. Um, so I was like kind of genuinely interacting with their socials. Uh, so I'd okay. never DM them. I'd never, nothing like that. Just a simple, like, you know, just yep. showing some support. 
Um, and eventually, you know, even subliminally, my name will be there. Yep. And then one of my friends, because I always say you've got to build your tribe. And what I mean by that is helping people out in the industry, yep. make friends in the industry. Don't look for anything in return immediately, but something will come back eventually. And one of focus on is, focus on giving, focus on well, providing value, giving to other people, and it'll come yeah. back tenfold. Yep. Within your own schedule, though, I would never kill myself doing oh, it. Oh no, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and one friend that I made is called Martha. Uh, she's based in Manchester. She has an all-girl collective, so she runs a collective of girls oh, that are DJing. Uh, and I did some DJing stuff for them on their radio show. She then ended up working for Hoss Air for UKF. Ah, so that was your connection. Yeah, and then, then she got me the, one of the write-ups, which was best album of the year. Nice. And someone else at UKF that same year wrote up best artist of the year. So nice. in the same year, I got those two. Yeah, but and then from there, I released a mix for RL Grimes label. Oh, Sable Valley. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Was and that the one that you did with X and G? Was that X and G on uh, that? So that was the second track I did. That was second. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me and X and G are actually working on like shit and more music as well. I love their music. They're so cool. So man. creative. Yeah. And they're so quick. Yeah. <laughs> really quick. Like what I send, I, if I send them a tune and in their schedule they have time, they'll send it back to me within like a day. Yeah. They're That's really crazy. Quick. That's super quick. Um, yeah. So. Uh, that mix went out and Sampo, who runs Pilot Records and part of UKF, he hit me up saying, um, that first track, is it signed? Uh, and I was like, it is signed. Yeah. Now on a souped up later this year. And he was like, right, we'll do a premiere. And then so from there, the relationship built. I ended up doing content for them. They sent me loads of merchandise. They sent my girlfriend some merchandise as well. And That's awesome. It's a good relationship. Now. Excellent. All of that wouldn't have happened though if you weren't consistent and can remain consistent from day one. Mm, um, exactly. Why? Why do you think some people struggle with creating consistency within their within their lives? I reckon. Well, probably doubt. There's, there's a yeah. doubt of like, why should I do this? One big hurdle is the strange thing of becoming going from a consumer to someone that just loves music and wants to be a part of it, yep. then try and flip onto the other side where you're the one talking about what it is you're doing. People feel yeah. like they're boosting, feel like they're kind of being stuck up talking about it. But it's not. You're just proud of an achievement. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah. So I think that hurdle, um, and also just life. Yeah. yeah. Trying to make money. Other, just real life stuff. It's a lot for some people too. I mean, when you were 16, you started at a pretty young age. So that's, it's a mm. little different, I guess. But for me, like I didn't start music until, or working in the music industry until I was like in my like, like 20, 21. So mm. I had like from like 16 to like 20, I had like four or five years there where like I, I was even focused on other, you know, working on mm. other things, maybe other career paths and working a job. I'm still, you know, I still work a job. I'm just now finally getting to that point where I'm transitioning into full time. But mm. I feel like a lot of time people struggle with juggling so much in their life that it's mm. hard to stay consistent for them. You know what I mean? Like if you yeah. have a job, you have a 40 hour a week job and you have rent and you have bills you got to pay, you have to literally sit down and like schedule out like, okay, this is the time that I have to work on music. Like you have to treat it as a job. And I think mm. a lot of people don't in the early phases, don't think about um, treating your music career as a job quite yet. It's just like, oh yeah, mm. cool. I'm just having fun and making music. Was that, did that happen for you at all? Was that something that you, yeah. that you had to learn how to juggle? Or I know you started, like I said, you started when you were about 16 or whatever. So I didn't know if you mm -hmm. had a job back then or what, what your story's kind of been like. But did, was there a time that you had to juggle kind of multiple things at once? Well, yeah, like it's, it, you hit the nail on the head there. And it's about 
an early stage, and I say this in all my one-to-ones, see yourself as a full-time musician now. Yep. Still have a day job because you yep. need that pillar. You need income. What is it? Income, hobby, and health. Something yes. like that. Yep, yep. So as long as you've got, a, I was like, make sure you eat well. You've got a roof over your head. Make sure you pay mm-hmm. your bills. Um, and you're able to have some sort of hobby. If that's music right now, but still see it as that full time. Right. And as soon as you switch your brain into that, you'll start to make better decisions yep. towards that goal. Um, but yeah, so I went to, when I came to study in Manchester, um, my mum, bless her, because she, uh, the church she goes to in York, um, loads of people there, bless them, like put a, little, a bit of money in a little pot just to kind of help us mm-hmm. along for, like the fees and everything like that. Um, so we had a little bit there to help us financially. And then I ended up getting a job when I was like 18, I think. Yeah. Doing uh, like table service at the okay. town hall in Manchester. It's like the yeah. big one where all the government officials come to and everything like that. So I was doing table service and stuff there. I built my way up in there while doing music. And it was always like music was me. That was my yeah. identity. Yeah. People ask what I, like who I am, what I do. I was like, oh yeah, I, I, I produce, you know, I'm just here yep. to make a bit of cash. Yep. That was always the pillar. Um, and then I ended up working in a cafe, which was actually great. I worked three days a week, 12 hours each day, gave me enough money. Perfect. And then the rest yeah. of the week. And I, I got holiday pay. So if I wanted to fly to Amsterdam, the Amsterdam dance event and stuff, I got paid. You get paid you for know? that? Oh, that's so nice. That's so, so nice. It, it was good. And it was perfect for that time in my life. Yeah. Um, and then I started to see just a little bit more pickup. So that's when then I left there and I stooged the job as the marketing manager. Okay. And the reason I say stooge is because I just went in blind and I was yeah. ring my friends before it going like, right, they asked me this question out. What, what does that mean? What and I said, like, right, okay. So if you go on Google ads and you do this, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Taking notes as you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, literally. And like, if you yeah. ask, I'll just Google it on the job. And like, why not? So what? Yeah, yeah. And they got what they wanted. I got what I wanted. 100%. Um, yeah. So I'm just trying to stay consistent with at least producing a little bit each week. I tried to do each day, even if it was, I just put a kick drum in a different position. Just yeah. exercising that muscle. And then, yeah, come December, left well left that position and now now you're full-time time. yeah uh has it was it during that time of you know juggling stuff is it was there ever a time that you struggled or lost your consistency or like took a step away at all or have you always been just been like as soon as you made that decision you're just like i'm going for it i don't care how long it takes me yeah, i'm working I like, every day <laughs> i feel like naturally i ebbed and flowed anyway so there'd yeah. be times where i just couldn't really make much well make you, any- you face that naturally anyways even when you are a full-time yeah. artist it's your creativity it comes in waves so dealing with honest, that is a big part of it well yeah a significant time about that that you just mentioned was actually like the past since december okay up until about four, three weeks ago. Okay. It was horrible. Yeah. So I was <laughs> I've, I'm doing a remix for Noisier and I've just done one for the Upbeats. So the problem with that is I was trying to recreate the wheel. Uh, and I had a bad time. Every track I sent them, they were like, mm, nearly there. And I'm like, fuck. And it's not, I was like, sound <laughs> design is not crazy enough. Da, 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 da. And they just, it just wasn't sticking. I was literally trying to recreate the wheel and I was having a bad time the past yeah. few months. Um, because I'm full time now, there is a bit There's more, a lot more pressure to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, then I had to call my manager and he was like, look, you need to stop what you're doing. You need to not even rethink what you're doing. You need to go back to what it is that you do best. Yep. And he said, stop thinking with this and start thinking like from your body. So when you produce, just if, if you bob in your head, then it's good. 
So what if it's just an 808 and a snare drum? It sounds good. Um, and then at that moment, I made another version of the um, Upbeats remix. Mm-hmm. This was on the day of the deadline. Oh. <laughs> um, and, they, and they turned around, they were like, right, that's the one. And I got it. Thank you, God. <laughs> so, yeah, I got it. So, and then the noisy one they've accepted, but I'm not happy with it. So I'm, I'm like redoing it yeah. right now. Um, so, yeah, just trying not to recreate the wheel. Yeah, that's smart. And I think yeah. the problem is, I was always trying to sound like other people, even yeah. subliminal. Um, at least the past few months anyway. I feel like we all like, kind of have that. Like no matter what yeah. your job is in the industry, like, even running this podcast, I've gotten, I've stolen ideas from other, other people that are in the mm. same space, do the same thing. But mm. yeah, also you want to be unique too, because that's what's going to set mm. you apart and that's going to make you successful. Um, well, yeah, that's it. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with taking influence, you know, yeah. as long as you put it into your own flair and you don't yes. rip off people. Yes. Um, I, I see no issue with that. Yeah. What would you say to someone who is struggling with staying consistent? First thing is, are your bills paid? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. food in the fridge. Because that's where writer's block comes from, man. Yep. It's like, is everything else, your real life stuff, is that sorted? If not, deal with that and then come to and being creative. Yeah. The other thing is, is like, change your space. So, in this room, which is like the studio room, which I'm like currently building right now, okay. um, I started to become a bit uninspired in here. And it's because the walls are blank. I've, I've identified, I need visual i need more yeah so yeah. I, what i do is i take my headphones and i just go sit downstairs with, with my housemates and there's enough going on there where i'm like eat i'm i've i've got enough going on to allow my brain to do what it needs to do so changing your scenario your setting make sure your bills and everything are paid um and then just spending sessions not on trying to finish any music yeah just spend a session on just drums yep and if you're satisfied with it, right, close the project, come back the next day and just work on some chords, you know, like really strip it back to basics. And then from there, you build back up again, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just work it into your own schedule. Be realistic. That's yeah, me. that's the biggest thing. <laughs> be realistic. Don't put too much mm-hmm. pressure on yourself because otherwise it's going to be damn near impossible to stay consistent with if you're asking too much of yourself. That's it, man. Yeah. And like put the blinkers on because at the end of the day, if you're looking at other people, oh, I want to be where they are. I want to be where they are. Yeah, they exist. You're on a completely different journey. Completely yeah. different journey. <laughs> That's it, man. And like they exist, so their fan base is going to go to them for them. Yep. You are a new thing. You are a whole new thing in the scene. People will come to you for you. Yep. And realizing that is a big step. Oh, yeah. And just keep pushing forward, and people will come to you. Whatever it is that you do, people will eventually come to you for that. Basically. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the pod today. Uh, before we wrap up, is there anything that we didn't touch on before before we get out of here? No, I'm excited. I could be... Well, I, I announced this the other day. So I'm oh, yeah. Congrats, man. I appreciate it, man. So I actually might be going. So <laughs> Yeah, dude. Well, well, we'll message close to the time. Hell yeah. Um, and yeah, just listen to my newest remix. I'm really hyped about that. It's a remix for the Upbeats. And keep an eye on my socials. Just lots of exciting stuff coming up. I'm I'm currently editing the video from Mexico. Sweet. Um, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Yeah, Go follow this guy on YouTube too. Get that YouTube following up. (laughs) Uh, What do you got planned other than Imagine? What do you got planned coming up this year? Anything that you can give away? Yeah. So I've got, uh, I'm playing Rampage this year. Oh yeah. Be even bigger. Congrats on that. That's huge. Yeah. (laughs) I'm hyped about that. Um, 
I, I'm going back to back with someone, but it's not been announced yet. Awesome. And then, yeah, I've got that rampage. I've got Imagine Festival. Basically, there's some life changing stuff that's potentially coming, but up until something happens, mm-hmm. I, I just I literally can't say. You're good. You're good. Um, there's always stuff that you but, can't but give when away. It, when it does happen, it'd be like I'm going to do like a big post. I'll probably be awesome. crying on it. Awesome. Um, but yeah, we'll just see. Excited, Sweet. trying to produce more. Oh yeah, join my Discord as well. The Discord. Oh yeah. Free. I'm gonna go join that too when we're done. <laughs> yeah, do it. I'm just trying to just it's a place for people to share samples, music. Oh yeah. I live stream in there. Get other artists in and stuff. So yeah. awesome. Uh, where can the listeners find you at? What are your socials? Uh, socials are on Instagram. I'm Rohan Music, and on everything else, I'm Rohan Official. Awesome, excellent. Go follow him. All that would be linked in the description as well. One last final question: If there's one piece of advice you could tell yourself when you first became a musician, what would that be, and why? Mm-hmm. Thing is. I don't really regret things in life. Everything happens for a reason, right? Try and learn from it. So, honestly, to be honest, the bit of advice I'd give is just probably spend more time on YouTube. Yep. It would have have been, and actually pay attention to it. It's a great resource for new producers, for sure. Yeah, probably just said spend more time paying attention to what it is in, in front of me that I'm trying to learn. Yeah, yeah. But I would have probably learned more quicker. <laughs> I'm in a position which I'm pretty happy with right now. That's awesome. I seem to have done something right. Hell yeah, definitely. Or maybe That's just, smart. I don't know, eat better early on. Yeah, but, yeah. Now, but Back to the pillar. I really like that example, the pro- pillar thing that you were talking about earlier, yeah. where it's like you have to take care of your health, you have to take care, of, you have to have a hobby, to be- have balance, mm-hmm. and then you also have to have your income. So yeah. until the hobby and income become more cohesive yeah. then that's your hobby eventually turns into your um into your career but then you also have to find another hobby again so exactly. i think that's a big portion of it too is just finding yeah. balance i really like that example thank you for sharing that i want to give a huge shout out to rohan for joining me on the show today and providing some helpful ideas of how we can all remain consistent in our music careers please go give him a follow and check out all of his music you can find the links to all of that in the description of this episode and if you found this episode of value my only request this week is that you please leave a five-star review wherever you are listening and let me know what in specific you liked about this episode other than that i will talk to you next week bye guys